Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got John Stryker. He's with the uh, Applications Engineering Group at uh, MTE, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, power and, uh, you know, everyone's talking about the grid, and there are all kinds of issues with advanced functionalities and smart brains and things like that. But at the end of the day, you still have to deal with basics when it comes to power management as well. You still got to move the electrons around and drive things. So it's not just a logic thing. You got to make sure the grid like works as a grid as well. So that's why I brought John on board. So we're going to talk a little bit about the actual nuts and bolts of moving power around in the grid. So hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, John, that's what the point was. I'm glad to have you because I've had a lot of people talking about the brains of the grid online lately, and we've done a lot of talking about the logic and all of these really cool um, functionalities, but at the end of the day, the grid still has to do what it's supposed to do, right? Move power around and move it around well and cleanly and without any problems. And I mean, it's got to be a, it's an infrastructure resource, too. It's not just a Walkman or an iPhone or something. That's right, Alex. It's a it's a it's a shared resource. So uh, we want to be friendly to our neighbors, and and, uh, and we do uh, have to be sensitive to the others that are connected to the grid, and that we're not uh, disturbing their their policy as well. Well, and that's exactly it. So I mean, I've got all of my power issues, and I've got needs. You've got power issues, and you've got needs. Whether or not we're neighboring facilities on a campus or neighboring apartments in a building or neighboring communities on a grid, we have to worry about the power and how it operates for everyone. And that just it doesn't just mean that it works well for me. It's got to work well for everyone, right? That's right. And uh, one of the growing concerns that, uh, that we're running across is uh, uh, harmonic distortion on the power grid. And uh, uh, it might be coming from a large nonlinear load like a drive uh, and uh, if it's significant enough, that distortion can uh, sneak back through the power grid to our neighbors and cause all kinds of problems in the system, anything from transformers, overheating, uh, wiring, uh, overheating of components, voltage flat topping, equipment malfunction, noise being transferred to other loads, uh, incorrect meter readings by the utility, and all all kinds of uh, telephone communication interference problems and the like. Well, you know, and that sounds like a big cascade of issues, but then that makes a lot of sense because if it's not working well and it's an electrical system, that's going to have repercussions throughout anything connected to it. That's right. And so uh, uh, there's a growing concern that this is uh, becoming more and more of a problem as we uh, put more and more VFD loads out on the system and um, we, we ask more from the power grid than we did in the past in terms of these nonlinear loads. That the problem is becoming increasingly more significant. So what are engineers doing about that? I mean, I understand that everyone's working towards solutions, and you almost certainly have something. I'm hoping that's why one of the reasons we're talking. But what are, what are engineers, engineers doing like right now about that? I mean, it's obviously not an, a brand-new issue. Uh, what's the current solution? So there are a lot of different ways to deal with the problem, uh, anything from multi-pulse to active filters, active front ends. But uh, one of the most cost-effective methods of, of dealing with harmonic distortion is to use a, uh, a, just a, a simple passive filter in front of the six-pulse load. And uh, that passive filter prevents any of the higher-order frequencies, or the harmonics as we call them, from getting back to the line, you still may have a small amount, but it attenuates it enough that 
it's not it's no longer a uh, systemic problem for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't I would call that uh, like a brick wall brute force kind of an approach, wouldn't it? Um, you know, you can call it what you like, but uh, uh, it's effective, and it's 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 effective in terms of its mitigation method. It's effective in terms of its cost. Um, and, you know, we have to look at more than just how effective the solution is, but what does it cost the customer to implement and uh, uh, what are the benefits of it. So uh, w- one of the things that we're looking at, too, when you implement a filter like this is what are the losses in the filter. So with a, with a passive filter, um, we, can, we can achieve harmonic mitigation for, uh, with a much lower cost than some of the traditional filters. Um, that will help reduce downtime for the customers and uh, uh, and probably one of the one of the lower cost solutions out there. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's becoming a very popular way of dealing with uh, harmonics and complying with what has been adopted as an industry guideline, uh, namely IEEE's guideline of 519 and the limits for harmonic distortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so passive filtering addresses the issue, but something tells me that there's got to be a better way. Uh, well, there, the, the, the better way really is, um, you know, the, when you look at the system holistically, uh, filters traditionally have been sort of uh, uh, set up to run at their best performance between 80 and 100% load. But not all loads run between 80 and 100% all the time. You know, the reason we put a variable frequency drive on the motor is so we can slow things down. So um, one, one, one improvement that, that MTE has made to the product is to add some material to the core of that reactor in the filter, allowing it to perform really well even at light loads. So down to maybe 50% load, we're still in compliance with IEEE 519. And that's a big plus. I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, um and explain it a little bit more. How what what is what's what are the benefits then beyond solving that? Once you've gotten that issue addressed, what are the benefits then through the system? Well, there, there are benefits for both the the, the uh, neighboring customers who no longer have to suffer with the distortion. But remember now, since we've eliminated this harmonic current, that current no longer flows in the, into the grid onto <clears throat> onto the utility line. And so your current draw from your power feed is down. And so in many cases, a, another benefit would be uh, reduced um, uh, energy bills. Uh, we're not actually reducing the amount of power consumed, but we're reducing the amount of reactive current or harmonic current in the system uh, such that uh, the power company uh, may, may offer some uh, incentives cost-wise uh, for, consuming, for, for drawing less current on the grid. Right. Well, I mean, that makes sense, though. The more efficient the system works, the better it's going to work all the way around. And it's not so much, as you were saying, um, straight-up savings as it is just higher efficiency in the system itself. I think um, I, I would love to see incentives, but I think the critical aspect is that the payoff in performance will behoove the agencies to implement the solution themselves. Well, and, and you know, there's other benefits that we, we haven't even touched on. I mean, obviously, all of the the internal communications equipment in your system, uh, in your facility, are going to run better. Uh, you know, you have less crosstalk noise in the communication systems. Uh, transformers run cooler. So there's a lot of good things that happen. 
in terms of uh, uh, applying this uh, standard IEEE 519 uh, to, to your uh, power grid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, is there anything else you wanted to tell me about uh, your solution for this and some of the other aspects of it for the uh, engineer? Well, um, I, I can tell you, at least from an from a MTE standpoint, this is a patented uh, solution. Uh, we just received a patent on it uh, within the last month. Uh, but uh, so it's kind of one of those technologies out there that not a lot of no one else is really able to to to, to capitalize on. Um, it, it it allows that that reactor in the in the filter to have a higher impedance at lighter loads. So there's a lot of positive benefits that come with that. Everything from buffering transients and 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 so forth. So uh, we're we're sort of proud of it. Uh, it's sort of one of our flagship products and uh, really has. Put MTE on a growth trajectory, so uh, it's been it's been overwhelming the last uh, year or two. Well, I mean, but that makes a lot of sense as well, John, because as we start pu- pushing towards a more intelligent grid, and that, I realize I kind of was a little lightweight on um, that because I wanted to focus on functionality, but that uh, you know, as far as core functionality, but that whole aspect of user functionality and software and intelligent systems that is enabled also by a properly functioning grid because if there's a lot of harmonic noise and such, it'll make it harder for the protocols and the communications to get through the systems as well, right? Well, that's just it. Uh, if we look at the grid today and, and the things that are connected to it, it's very different than the grid from 20 and 30 years ago. Uh, we're not just putting on these uh, sort of uh, dumbed-down benign loads that are motors across the line or resistors, heaters, heater elements. Uh, there's a lot of complex electronic equipment on the grid now, and, and more and more of it is sensitive to disturbances on the power grid. So more than ever, we need to have a clean power power grid today than, than ever before. I agree. I agree. So now, John, let's say I'm a guy standing outside the building. I want the solution. What are the ways I go about to, to getting more information? Because there's obviously going to be some hand-holding engineering side, you know, getting some support from you guys. What do I need to go through to get one of your engineers to help me solve my problems? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we, uh, we have all of our information is out on our website, which is mtecorp.com. And uh, there's also a, a call-in number that you can find on the website and an application engineering email box. Uh, so we take calls and emails every day from customers and uh, people that have questions on how to, how to use this product and where, where it works. Uh, where it goes and, and how to make sure it's implemented correctly. Excellent. Well, you know, and because that, that was um, that's all part and parcel because these solutions have to. I mean, granted, yes, an engineer should understand the solution, but since it is a new solution and iteration, there is a learning curve involved in the best to bestly implement it to get the maximum benefit out of it. So I'm glad that you've got the engineering support to give these engineers, ladies and gents out there, the tools to create the solution they need. Absolutely, yep. Excellent. Okay, well, you know what, John? Um, I'm, before I close out the episode, what I always do is I give my guest the opportunity to have the last word. I mean, I talk enough as it is, so this way if there's anything that we didn't have a chance to go over or if you wanted to talk about something else MTE does or just some industry tip you'd like to leave us, but this is your chance to whatever you want to talk about with the audience before we close out the episode, the floor is yours. Well, thanks, uh, and I'll just close by saying, you know, the, the product we talked about today and the, so, the solution that we uh, discussed today for harmonics is, 
is just one element of what MTE does. We are um, a power quality company, so we make equipment uh, uh, that goes not only on the input side of the drive to solve the harmonic problem, but we make filters for the output side of our uh, side of drives as well to protect the motor. Uh, so uh, there's a whole plethora of products that can be found again on our website mtecorp.com. So, uh, but we know that the harmonic issue is, is a growing concern. We also know that our solution does a very good job of of, uh, of handling this, these problems. So, be glad to help anybody who has a need. And give us a ring, give us an email, give us a shout, and we'll help you any way we can. Excellent. Well, hey, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. And I think it's also uh, important. If you, I can hear it in your voice. You really are into this, and I am as well. The thing is, is that we're creating this grid as we go along. We should make sure that it's the most robust, best performing, because we're going to be with. It's going to be with us for the foreseeable future, right? Agreed. So thank you again for taking the time to be with us on the show, John. I really appreciate it. We'll have to drag you back sometime in the future and talk some more. Thank you, Alex. I enjoyed it. Oh, pleasure's mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.